Welcome to the Living and Working Abroad show. We've had great fun today trying to uh, get live. Um, so apologies for any delay, but um, we've got this week, we're going to look at uh, tax year tax opportunities uh, for expats working abroad. In particular, we've had a, a UK budget, which has got some interesting impact expats that they've been working for, so we want to consider some of those factors, but also look at the, the wider tax planning issues around about uh, a tax year-end. Thanks a lot for joining in, uh, and, and let's get started. For many countries around the world, the calendar year is tax year-end. So uh, the, the tax year-end, uh, first of all, if you, uh, for many countries, already had to do your tax year end, but if you've got any decisions to make for the last year's 2022 return, uh, then uh, that due date for those revisions will come by the end of end of December, so 35 days. So contact us at borrowpartnership.com, especially with Cyprus. If you've submitted your return already, you've got another 30 days to do that revision. If you haven't submitted it already, then haven't done that uh, submission, then you've got the opportunity to uh, be able to update that uh, in, in, in the next 35 days before the end of the calendar year. Uh, because if you're in a calendar tax year as well, if you're running a business, then by the end of the tax year, you've got the opportunity to make tax by doing capital or income expenses uh, to reduce down your net profit at the end of the year. So if you're self-employed, uh, abroad, um, wherever your tax residence and liability is for that business, by creating expenses before the end of the year, you can take tax rate away from the end of the tax year. So for more information guidance uh, on individual tax planning and tax return updates, and making sure your returns are submitted without penalty uh, for a calendar tax, contact us at ProPartnership.com. Um, for the UK, the tax year is the end of April, but the returns for 22-23 are due by the end of April 24. So there's still around 62-65 days to complete a UK tax return for an expat living and working abroad. So although there's a paper return deadline at the end of October, one night is not due until the end of January, uh, over June until the end of January. So again, uh, if you've not started that process, you can help as an expat to complete tax return online. A product can help you, uh, in, in the UK or abroad, to complete that tax return uh, by, 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 the end of the, by the end of the year. Um, in terms of the budget at the end of uh, 24, the, 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 there's going to be some changes with, uh, that have been introduced. Uh, some of them are taking effect from 24, some of them in effect from April 24. Those changes now, the um, November uh, budget statement, uh, are, are 
partly in politically designed, uh, but also have significant impact. Uh, for one thing, uh, a business expenses can be fully explained. Uh, it's been confirmed, it's been extended. If you're operating a personal service company in the UK, then you've got either uh, a business or personal liability, uh, then that, that can be um, fully explained uh, going forward for the current year and for the years ahead. So if you've got a capital expenditure that you want to do in the UK, rather than having that expense depreciated over three or four years, you can fully expense that now. So if you've got a capital expenditure of 50,000 to spend, you can say 25%, up to 25% corporation tax on that straight away. On fully expensing before the year end, uh, and other tax strategies, contact us at proactpartnership.com. In the UK as well, uh, they're also aligning. Uh, so if you're an expat with a, a UK based employment, personal service company or self employment, um, they're, they're aligning their taxes. So in the past, in the UK, you could have a tax year in, in, in December, for example. Um, and that will be reported on the UK tax return at the, in, in April, the end of the tax year. But going forward, uh, they're now being aligned. So from April 24, they're starting to be brought together so that uh, it's going to be part and part years until everybody is reporting the whole income for the period from uh, 6th of April, one year, to the 5th of April next year. So uh, it, in that one tax return. So it's been actual real income for that year rather than uh, the 12 months of business year end. So uh, in the past, the business year end in December, for example, would be reported in the following April. Over the next two or three years, that's going to change so that your uh, full income for the UK tax year to the end of April is going to be reported in that, that uh, tax year end as before. More information guidance on the mining your UK business uh, self-employed service company accounts into the UK tax year, contact us at www.partnership.com. Um, another major change uh, came in, in, the, in the budget and, and this could have a major impact on expats who have been working for. Um, when somebody's working, uh, especially social insurance liability in the UK called national insurance. Uh, UK expats pay into national insurance to get benefits while they're there. It's a form of taxation, it's a bit of a tax cut. Um, but for expats, um, if they, the only reason to pay into the national insurance system is, is potentially to get access to a full UK state pension uh, at retirement age. Uh, now, if you're living and working abroad, uh, you've got some, a number of different opportunities. Uh, and those opportunities start to close down quite rapidly from April 24. In the autumn statement of 23, uh, class two is finally abolished uh, for self-employed people in the UK. So if you're an expat living with the board, contracting to your personal service company or with the self-employed business in the UK, or if you're working abroad, you have the option to pay tax each year uh, as a way of contributing to national insurance. And so that stops from 24. 
And after that, the only way the expats can pay going into PG as water is high, voluntary contribution route, which is class three, which is £900 a year, as opposed to class two for expats, which is £200 for round figures. So there's a big, big difference in the amount of contributions to be made. Uh, but also for, for expats, because of changes in the past, um, there's a potential to catch up. So anybody that has got a, a gap in their national insurance contribution in terms of UK state pensions, got a, a, an opportunity to catch up. Now, in any year um, that it's self-employed and working in the UK or as an expat working abroad, can pay uh, the current year's national insurance to keep their, their tally up to date. They can go back to catch up up to six years. So that's going to remain generally. But at the moment, uh, and up until April 25, it's an option to pay an extra 10 years. So an expat at the moment can pay up to um, 17 years, up to April uh, 24, um, of national insurance contributions to catch up. Now, if you're paying as class three, that would be £900 a year to give you £300 a year extra per year contribution to state pension when you retire. So the £200 a week UK state pension is one of the thing for many countries around the world, including uh, expat citizens like us. And that, that you know, be confirmed in this sport and state that that um, pension is still going to be triple locked index, and that's increased by 8% again next April. Uh, if you've got the full contribution, that, that means 35 years. So if you're living and working abroad, for the period of business, you need to make those national trust contributions to top up that pension. So you've got the option of class three, but up until April 24, you've got the option of class two. Class two is going to be a year, approximately, for expat. And you've also got this option of to 10 years, that's something that is by So you've got the option to catch up to 17 years where you've been working abroad by April 24 in class two. After that, you'll have to pay on, on class three. So a uh, big opportunity for expats to secure a UK state uh, while they've been living and working abroad. For information and guidance on that, contact us at proactpartnership.com. Uh, on, on how to uh, maximize your UK state pension. Another factor that's come up uh, is we've been looking at Brexit, and Brexit is still current because the UK is still trying to settle down after it with lots of political turbulence going around that. And now uh, new governments elected this year in Italy and now Netherlands that, that, that are slightly more Eurosceptical. And uh, with the new Dutch government, there's a talk of exit to follow Brexit. Uh, one of the biggest issues for expats with the EU is the Schengen Zone Agreement, which limits people uh, that are not residents or EU citizens to 90 days in 180 in the country uh, within the EU. Uh, so it's a big restriction for expats who own property in any country. They can only stay in their villa for 
three months and six months unless they've got uh, a residency permit or a residency visa. Uh, different countries have got different requirements, but generally there is an allowance that allows you to have that residency permit. Um, Proact are experts who want to help and guidance getting the residency permit to spend longer periods in your overseas holiday home or to relocate to an EU country um, and uh, with a permanent residency, uh, a residence permit to get round the Schengen zone short stay rules, you can contact us at proactpartnership.com. Uh, another uh, issue coming up with the, uh, in the Schengen zone is that uh, there's three countries that have applied to join the Schengen zone but not yet been let in. Uh, Romania and Bulgaria have all the, the hurdles required that have not yet been into the, in the Schengen zone and the European Parliament are pushing again for that and we could well see by the end of 2023 uh, Romania Bulgaria are moving into the Schengen zone which would give freedom of movement for all EU citizens uh, or anybody with an EU residency permit to move down uh, including uh, Romania and Bulgaria. Cyprus is a slightly different question. It's a bit further behind and it's not fully up to date yet. Will the EU accelerate it to bring all the EU countries under the Schengen zone? They could do, but whether they've got the, the political will to do that, we need to wait and see. But otherwise, anybody with a Cyprus property is subject to the short stay rules unless they've got a residence permit. Um, the, the free travel will still exist in UK citizens to Cyprus until it enters into the Schengen zone. Uh, one, the, the next issue that the EU are struggling with is travel authorities. They're trying to introduce electronic travel authorization. Uh, it's originally due to the Inchi 22 and it's now been deferred and confirmed that it's not going to be easy before 2025. Um, and this means that the click application of the Schengen zone will still be applied to them and, and the electronic visa option to smooth that process is not available in the meanwhile. So for more help and guide us on how to get under this situation and, and, and get the rest in place and allow you free access to your holiday home and travel to Europe uh, to get your residency permit and as well as comply with uh, contact partnership.com. Uh, finally today we've seen uh, more news in uh, China crisis. Uh, the two biggest China property companies are under investigation. The multi-billion pound global enterprises with ghosts all over China and around the world. Our properties have been built and financed but not sold. Big issues here uh, for the property market globally and to China, and now uh, the next organization has been brought into investigation, the major bank uh, with uh, 200 billion uh, of lending to China's under investigation for dodgy loans uh, that have been made to that. We've seen in the past, in, in the 2008-2009 financial crisis based upon poor bank lending that brought down uh, and, uh, economies in the uh, United States and this could now be a foreigner of what's going to happen in China. 
but that'll have a knock-on effect for property around the world. And it doesn't matter if you're selling your property, you still live in it, but it could make new property purchases cheaper, it could be recent property purchases in value, uh, and if you've got a mortgage tied to that, it could be due to negative equity yields arising as property values fall. Uh, so caution is loud on that. Consider uh, what's happening in China and be cautious with your overseas property investment. For help and guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you.